we, we saw in that first year, we saw an amazing growth. The chapel went from uh, just three, you know, 20 or 30. Within a year, it was standing room only, and it still is. Hello, this is Adam Barr. Welcome to the Organic Outreach Podcast. Together, we're learning how to influence our world and share our faith naturally. We do this by providing resources, leading cohorts, and equipping leaders through conferences and intensives. At Organic Outreach International, we believe every Christian plays a part in fulfilling the Great Commission, and this podcast can help you do that. So have you ever reached a crossroads in your life? You look back and you can point to a moment when someone said something, someone did something that forever affected the trajectory of your life. Um, I know I can. I can remember specific situations, specific conversations, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think anything stands out more than the moment that I met our next guest, Ben Patterson. I was raised by a dad who was a great leader, a great pastor, amazing preacher, and I was blessed to have been mentored by my own father. But there's something powerful about getting outside the home and meeting other great leaders, and Ben Patterson was that leader in my life while I was in college and through seminary. I'll never forget one of our first conversations. Ben really challenged me on some stuff I was thinking about flirting with that would have led me into a direction that would have probably ended with me being led further and further away from the gospel. I was sort of an intellectual or at least, you know, some 21-year-old 20, or, tw- sorry, 19-year-old version of some kind of intellectual. I thought I was, but Ben just cut through some of the fog that I was in at that time in my life, and he said something that was just so clear to me, and it changed me. It changed my life. And from that moment forward, I had a deeper, more real, more robust faith in the Word of God than I ever had before. I, I, I am forever grateful to Ben for that moment, but I'm also grateful because he's been a brother and a friend a mentor, and someone who has shown me what it means to be courageous and also to have compassion for people. So I can't thank Ben enough for being on the Organic Outreach podcast, and I can't anticipate enough the kind of fruit that's going to come into your life because you get the chance to hear from him. So here we go. So I have the unbelievable privilege of sitting down with a a man who I've been friends with for a long time, uh, a guy who has influenced us, and I just got to be influenced again by hearing you preach, Ben. Ben Patterson, thank you for being here. You're very welcome. uh, You're all grown up now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ben Ben Patterson, uh, recently retired. uh, What was your title at Westmont? Dean of the Chapel? Uh, I was was campus pastor, actually. Campus pastor. Which is more descriptive than Dean of the Chapel. That's (laughs) good. Yeah, Dean of the Chapel. It's kind of highfalutin. Yeah, yeah. that was that was your your title. But I was I was a pastor. That's what. Yeah, yeah. you're a pastor to the campus community at Westmont College, and just this last year uh, wrapped up that time, right? Oh, it's almost two years now. Two years. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, that's right. It was two years ago when I saw you at your retirement party there in 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 Holland. It was fun. It's so good to be here with you. Um, With you, I know you. uh, We have a a relational shorthand that stretches back what twenty five years, twenty six years, and. but I want I want to make sure our listeners know who you are as well. You're you, you've been a pastor, an author, a campus minister, a speaker. Uh, why don't you just take us for, for those who don't, don't know you aren't familiar with your story? Just kind of walk us through the arc of your ministry, uh, your ministry life. Well, you know the, the arc's getting longer and longer. It's <laughs> <laughs> turned seventy seven. You know, I started off uh, at the beginning of my marriage. I started off in the church and. Okay. Uh, 
you know, was a Presbyterian pastor, you know, uh, got ordained in that. I came out of the Baptist church, and uh, the saying goes, you can take the boy out of the Baptist church, but you can't take <laughs> the Baptist church out of the boy. And a lot of those Presbyterians thought, oh, is this a Presbyterian? But it was good. And I ended up, uh, I, I pastored uh, two churches uh, when I started back in 1976. Uh, I was there for uh, 14 years, you know, and started from scratch and then went from there to a, it was kind of cool. It was in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County. People tend to know what Orange County is. Uh, but we all, you. Yo- all young families. I was the first pastor. And then then went to New Jersey. I was the, I don't know, maybe the 20th pastor in the church that was founded in, in the 1720s. So, like, total extremes. Total change, you know. And I went to the, I did that. And, uh, and you know, I, 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 I was walking. <laughs> when I was younger, I thought, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll work with college students someday. And... Uh, and actually, that's another story. But I, I got kicked out of seminary. And that, and that's another story. Oh, so when I got kicked out of seminary, uh, I, I, I was asked by the dean, dean of the students, I could come back in a semester and show that I'd be more responsible. I totally deserved to get kicked out, too. But he asked me uh, what, uh, what I thought I might do someday in ministry. And I can't believe I said this because I really hadn't you know, prayed about it. I said, oh, I think I'd like to work with college students. And it had to take all, all his self-control to just not laugh out loud because here I am getting kicked out of graduate school. And, <laughs> and I'm going to be shaping college And, and he said something like, well, you have to work on your, you've got to be more consistent with your studies. <laughs> so, and he was right, you know. So anyway, I'm, I'm coming back to pastoring churches. Yeah. So I, you know, I got married. I, got, I, I grew up. And, uh, and you were writing during this time, right? No, not yet. I, well, I started writing. Actually, I started uh, not long after I got married. Actually, just before I got married, this was maybe a year after that conversation with the with the dean of, uh, of the seminary. Uh, I got I, I got involved with a group of guys. Uh, some some of the, some of your viewers might know Mike Iaconelli, who's oh, yeah. started youth specialties. Uh, he and Wayne Rice were friends of mine. Oh, and we, gee whiz! Uh, and we started a uh, uh, satirical magazine called the Wittenberg Door. And, you know, after Luther's not nailing his theses on the, you know, the door in Wittenberg. And it was just kind of a mad magazine. of. Uh, it was kind of like a precursor to the Babylon Bee sort of thing. It was. Thing. We're, I know, we were never as good as the Babylon Bee. But we were, well, but we, were uh, we, we had fun, you know. And we, uh, we all, the, the things we had in common, we were, we were mad about what was wrong with the church. And we all liked to laugh. So we, we did some silly things. But got me writing. So I end up, you know, starting a church and then. Uh, during that time, I'm writing these editorials over the years, and then uh, took this church in New Jersey. So, in those 18 years, uh, some of my sermons I preached uh, tur- were turned into books. So, I, I wrote a book on uh, work and worship. And uh, as a pastor, I, I didn't know much about <laughs> I didn't know much about worship. I'm a pastor, so I thought, well, I'll preach a series on it. So that's how we learn, right? That's how I learned. <laughs> probably, I'm not the only one. I know. I know it's absolutely true. So I I did this uh, you know series on worship, and then I noticed that that the language in the New Testament, particularly uh, and about worship and work, is virtually the same. Uh, it means a lot, a lot of times it's the context which will say if the word service or liturgy or whatever. If it applies to a job or if it applies to a church service, yeah. So then I preached a series on work, and then uh, door opened up for me to write a book. I said, "Oh, I'll write a book on work and worship and, and how they're related to one another." That was my first book. But I tend to, it's, a lot of my sermon series turned into books. You know, okay. waiting. Uh, I put a book on joy. I, I 
edited a Bible. I did a bunch of stuff. But yeah, but, but it was all part of my ministry life, pastoral ministry. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm in my fourth year at this church in New Jersey, my, my 18th year of pastoring churches, and I was walking down uh, uh, Park Avenue one spring, May of '93. And uh, I thought it was my own voice in my head, but I, I, I heard this question. Um, so remember when you thought you wanted to work with college students? And of course, my mind goes back to wanting, thinking that'd be cool. I hadn't done it, and I didn't miss not doing it. And of course, I'm thinking about the getting kicked out of graduate school. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, and we like to take our failures every once in a while. And just oh, yeah, but, I, but I'm, it's a sunny day. I'm involved in a, a, a businessmen's outreach in, in Manhattan. Actually, Tim Keller, who maybe a lot of people would know of, he was just starting a you know, Redeemer Church in New York. Oh, that wow. Time. So he and I got acquainted that way. Tim, uh, Tim Keller before he became Tim Keller. You know? <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm walking to do a, uh, do a ministry with business people. So this voice, or my, I thought in my own head, said, remember when you thought you wanted to work with college students? And I said, I thought to myself, but I realized now it was the Holy Spirit. I said, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, isn't it funny the things you think you might do and don't do? But I, I didn't mourn not doing it. Well, less than a week later, I get a phone call from a friend of mine who is the football coach at Hope College in Holland, Michigan, uh, Ray Smith. Ray uh, played his football at UCLA in the late 50s. It was an All-American there. And he and I had worked together. We'd become friends. And so he calls me up. I yeah, how you doing? I'm oh, good. He said, you know, they just... Uh, Created this position at Hope College, uh, dean of the chapel. You know, it was funded as a chair. You know, it was endowed. And uh, so I was having donuts with a friend this morning, and uh, he was on a committee looking for a dean, a new dean. And he said, uh, "Do you know anybody? Because everyone we've interviewed just hasn't worked out." And uh, Ray said, "Well, I you know one guy. Maybe I don't know if he'd be interested." So Ray calls me up and says, "It's a week after I had this little conversation. I thought with myself, but it was definitely with God." Would you be interested in uh, interviewing for this job? So this was uh, late May, early June. Uh, long story short, uh, I, they flew me out in July. I interviewed. Uh, they called me to be the first dean of the chapel at, at Hope College. That's incredible. And it all, what it year all, was that again? 90. Uh, well, I, it, the, the interview was in '93. But you started in '93. We, but we, uh, you know, I, I was pastoring this church in New Jersey. Yep. You know, so I kind of wrapped things up there, and we moved out to, to Holland, Michigan in uh, December of 93. I really began at Hope College in, in 94. Yeah. But it, it, I like to—I love donuts. <laughs> and uh, I like to think, you know, it was, it was significant that my buddy was having a donut— and my name came up. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? God's God's sovereign plan is incredible. I and that's when that's when we got the chance to meet. I came in to hope. Um, yeah. I, I I was a uh, uh, I spent my first year at a junior college in our our town and just outside of Chicago because yeah. our family moved on my senior year of high school. My dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and and. Um, and so, by God's grace, I didn't end up at Hope. That before you came, I, I came when you came. So our our paths converged there. Yeah. And Ben, I one of the things I, I think we I really want people to hear about is um, is what I know of you. Um, you. You taught me about just how much the the Christian life in general and leadership in particular it takes it takes courage. Um, and I think on 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 there's on on both sides of courage are two other really important things. You got to have convictions. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You got to actually believe what you're doing right. and have convictions that matter. And you also have to have compassion because without it, then then courage just becomes mm-hmm. kind of being a jerk. Right. <laughs> and you 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 taught me both those things. And I and the reason I I you taught me both of those things is because of the atmosphere we were in yeah. there at Hope. Because now I, I want to be real clear: a lot of really wonderful experiences. Hope College is my alma mater, and yeah. I'm nothing but grateful for the time I had there. But there was also a climate, a spiritual climate that wasn't entirely healthy. I was also not only involved with you and of involved in our chapel department, but we had a religion department, a philosophy department that had departed from evangelical Christianity long before. Yeah. Um, and there was it was not a, a comfortable a comfortable atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could really feel it. Yeah. Do you mind just telling a little bit about what God did at Hope? Yeah, you know, uh, he did remarkable things. And, uh, and it was a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit. And, let, uh, yeah. w- let me, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, let me, let me shape that just a little bit more. Can, do you mind telling me about the atmosphere that you walked into at Hope? Well, that, that, I'm getting to that because right, I, I, I had a whole semester, spring semester of 94, to kind of get acquainted with the place, hire some staff, get ready. And we actually started our ministry in, in fall of 94 when you, when you showed when up. When I came home, yeah. And, but a couple of things happened. There was some foreshadowing, so, you know, what I was going to do. The, the chapel was not required, it was not compulsory, so... Out of a student body of 3,000, there might be, on a good day, maybe 20 or 30 students. Uh, that was, that'd be a good day. So they were kind of hoping it would, you know, this would make it become more robust, it would grow, whatever. So uh, I, was, <laughs> I was asked to uh, speak to the faculty after a faculty luncheon in the spring of 94. This is, this is before I actually started. So you hadn't even launched so the I, whole thing yet. So, you know, the provost of the college said, well, why don't you just share your vision with, a, with them at their luncheon? And so I, whatever I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I remember what I said because these are the things I was saying and thinking about then. But I wrote a few notes on a three by five card, and uh, the first thing I said two things. I said uh, number one, and I think I quoted Paul's prayer for the Ephesians in Ephesians three that you yeah. might be filled with the measure of the fullness of God, that you would know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And I said, so I pray that God would bring a revival, a spiritual awakening to the campus where there'd be a great sense that Jesus is here. We're walking in his presence, you know, and so, and I just thought this was, this is just boilerplate type stuff. Yeah, you know, and so, and then the second thing, and here I, I said, now academically, and here I quoted Abraham Kuyper, who I admired greatly, but when he gave his uh, inaugural address at the Free University of Amsterdam, he said something that he's been quoted hundreds of thousands of times. He said to, you know, to his uh, audience, he said, now there's not one square inch of the universe that Christ does not lay his hand on and say, mine. The Lordship of Christ. So I, I quoted Kyber, and this is a Reformed Church in America college, or I mean, it's, it's affiliated with a Reformed Church. They know who Kuiper is, and I thought I was going to win some points quoting Kuiper <laughs> about him saying to mine. And so then I started to say, look, I'm not, I don't know, I, you chemistry professors, I, you know, I'm not a chemist, but I want to say to you, I think if, uh, if, if we're alive spiritually, Part of the adventure of teaching chemistry here would be, what does it mean to say Christ is Lord in the natural sciences or the physical sciences? So I, I started naming different disciplines, you know, yeah. theater and art and, and English and philosophy. What does it mean to say Christ is Lord? What, I said, that if, we're, if, if God is doing here what I hope he will do, we're all kind of asking that question and having that adventure. Again, I can't tell you how you do it because you're, that's your field. 
So I got done, and uh, it was really quiet. And uh, did you uh, feel it while you were talking? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I they, it was just people. Yeah, just kind of looking. Kind of like. Yeah. So I, I went to the provost who invited me to speak. And said, "I'm sorry. I said I think I bored them." He said, "Oh no." He <laughs> says, "You didn't bore them. <laughs> they couldn't believe that you would say what you said." And I, whoa, really? And you know, I, and I kind of imagine myself as being broad. I mean, I, I'm a mere Christian. I, I believe uh, in the thing. I believe the things that all Christians in all times and places have always believed. And I thought, and I got room for lots of different traditions in the Church of Christ, mm-hmm. as long as we, we hold fast to the to the basics, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I got a phone call uh, very quickly after that from a professor who had been there a long time, and he met with me, and he said. Uh, uh, so this, uh, we don't want what you what you want for this college. He well, said, and by we, he he was well. See, these people don't get me going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I mean, he, he. But he said basically that this is not the hope way. Yeah. And uh, if he didn't use those words, that's what he was saying. And you know, and a lot, and any kind of inst- you know institution or community, there are some the things that are officially what it's about, but then there are the things that are sort of assumed culture. Culture, right? Culture eats strategy. So there, you know. So so he he said, "This is not what we're about here." And uh, and then he said, uh, "We will stonewall you." <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said he said, "And you'll you'll leave here someday, but we will stay, and we're gonna we'll, we will stonewall you." So, wow. Now, uh, I. I, I was stunned, but but I also I, my dad was a boxer, and uh, I'm Scots Irish, and <laughs> there's a book called about Scots Irish called Born Fighting, and uh, there's a disproportionate number of us in the military, and on and on and on. But I but mostly I was thinking what Paul said after he was stoned in the Book of Acts. You know, he, <laughs> he, he I mean he had to still have the bruises on his face and his body from being left for dead. But he said it is through suffering that we enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus uh, will be persecuted. So I was very aware that this is part of the deal. you know. And uh, So far, my, my ministry life had been you know, the usual headaches of being a pastor, but not this kind of naked uh, op- opposition. Yeah. So I'm thinking, <laughs> so I don't know how holy this is, Dad, but I know part of me is thinking, well, bring it on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's probably of the flesh. I don't know. But but I'm also thinking, okay, I know Jesus, well, you know, last of the Beatitudes, blessed are you when people persecute you because of righteousness. Uh, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You know, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. For that's In the same way they treated the prophets who were before you. So what was launched there, we, we saw in that first year, we saw amazing growth. Uh, the chapel went from uh, just three, or, you know, twenty or thirty. Within a year, it was standing room only, and it still is. That's incredible. But twenty-five uh, years later, yeah. to this day, when we're talking in two thousand twenty, and and no, I think, and so I saw great, wonderful things. Much of the faculty, you know, I I can't give you the figures. Uh, they were so far to the left, theologically. That to, to to them I look like a snake handler, you know, and you know, and uh, yeah. and or Jerry Falwell, who's you know was, so I you know, and I I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, but there was plenty of uh, conflict. 
And uh, what, what do you, when you look back at that season, um, the conflict was centered on. What, what do you think was at the root of it? Well, I think at the root of it is still uh, what is uh, what is the Christian faith. I mean, mm. I, you know, orthodoxy, small o. Again, it's 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 what Scripture teaches. What and again, you know, with all the different traditions in Christianity, it's it's amazing how much unanimity there is about what the faith is about, yeah, and about morality and about everything else. So you know, I uh, so they were they weren't there. They I mean, you, you start asking a lot of them were religious pluralists, meaning they they might identify as Christian, but but all religions are more or less. True. Yeah, I mean, I remember taking an Islam uh, course on Islam, and, yeah, and we know, I mean, and we know who was yeah, teaching, and, it. and that was presented exactly like this. It was, yeah. it was, it was designed. The religion department experience was designed to put you through a mold, yeah, and through a process of relinquishing your commitment, yeah. to a lot of things. And mm-hmm. probably central was the word, of, the word of God as being yeah. the word of God. Yeah, and you know, and because of that, you know, I was asked when I was interviewed for the job. You know, what was my chief qualification? And I said, well, I'm a father. And, uh, and I, love, <laughs> I love college students. And, uh, and Jesus has some pretty harsh words to say about people who uh, lead these little ones astray. Like a millstone hung around their neck, would be, that'd be better than the, what they're going to have to face. But again, it, this wasn't easy. But, but it, I had, many times, I had to just uh, take a lot of hits, you know. And, uh, and what, kind of, what kind of form would that take sometimes? Well, uh, nasty letters. Uh, at one point, there was that's an, we take more time than we have right now. <laughs> but there was a demonstration out in front of the chapel. Yep, placards, uh, TV cameras uh, from Grand Rapids. We're on the front page of the Grand Rapids Press. So there was this, some. Some of it was very public, very noisy. Um, the college, uh, co- the, the uh, trustees of the college were concerned because here chapels flourishing. And yet, there's all this conflict, you yeah. know. And so, and so they did a. They hired a guy to do a study of all this, and uh, and it's not about me. It's just I was, but I was the leader. And uh, they did a study, and, and they found out well, what's wrong, what's going on here, and and no surprise, you know, the students for the most part love chapel. A lot of the faculty and other people hated me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the guy got done with the study, and he. Uh, he says, you know, Ben, he was really really friendly. He said, you know, I've never seen a person who uh, was more polarizing in a community than you were. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, and I wasn't trying to be, uh, you know, be a nasty guy, but I, but I had to, uh, I had to say things. And uh, it wasn't often, but it was enough to uh, create a lot of energy. You know, I think the hardest part for me were, you know, courage, you know, it, it comes from the French word has to do with your heart. And, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a uh, wonderful book called The Abolition of Man, and in it he talks about men without chests. Yeah. And men, in other words, men without courage. And so they, they kind of live out of their viscera, you know, out of their yeah. feelings, you know. And so you can picture a person, no chest, a lot of viscera, yeah. feelings and sentiments, yeah. and maybe a lot of intellect going on. Yeah. But what a grotesque figure that yeah. is if you've got a big head and a big guts, but no heart, you know. Yeah. So I, that just always made me want to do the right thing. But again, I, I'm not... You know, it took a lot of courage, but I don't consider myself a brave man. 
<laughs> well, that's 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 where one 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 small area of, of where you might lack self awareness because you were. Yeah. You were incredibly courageous. I mean, the, the truth is, is I mean, there were newspaper articles printed. I remember being in religion department uh, seminars that were set up in direct opposition to sermons you had preached. And these weren't like, you weren't saying crazy things. No. You were saying, like, it's okay to call God Father, no. uh, as opposed, you know. the And it's not okay to call him mother. Yeah, I mean, and, and oh, okay, so you just you just put your finger on it. See, that's the thing. I think that's where you... When I say what was at the heart of it, yeah, I mean, or Christian Christian Orthodoxy, the content of yeah. Christian Orthodoxy was at the heart of it. But there was right. something that's that's uh, it's almost the mist and the atmosphere in which all this played out, and it was the atmosphere of radical relativism. Because I don't think mm-hmm. anybody had a problem with the idea that you had certain opinions, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, they told me said if you just got up and said uh, before you preach, okay, this is what I think, uh, you know, th- this is my opinion, and there are others. Uh, you know, kind of like a professor at a, at a round table. In fact, that was kind of the the, the, the image I had of it. Uh, the culture was built was built around a round table, yes. not, not a pulpit. So, 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 but you get up and you don't say this is what I think. You say this is what God says, and so that just infuriates us. <laughs> That's so, exactly right. Yeah. Well, because you, know, you, you had a radical confidence in the Word of God, mm-hmm. um, in, in the, the reality that we can understand what God's Word has yeah. to say. Yeah. And. The fact that you would make declarative truth statements, I remember. I can just rem- I can remember many times hearing as a student. I was on the other side of those. Mm-hmm. I would be in classes with people who would your your name would come up, or yeah. or at least something you had said would come up, and yeah. and there would be something on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, um, I I wonder. In many ways, I, f- I felt like my time at Hope, because uh, one of the huge issues that was a big one was the issue of human sexuality yeah. uh, at that time at Hope College. Mm-hmm. Um, Still is. It, it, it was, yeah. I, uh, I felt like I got an early view about the challenges that were going to come to the church um, while I was there. Because I, you know, I grew up evangelical, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember when I graduated from seminary in, in, a, in a church saying that same-sex marriage was going to be a challenge for the church. People looked at me like I was insane. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, oh, come on. It, yes. No. Yeah. No, you're kidding, you know. Yeah, it's hard for anybody living right now to, to see that. And I, I don't I don't want to get off on the, on the topic of human sexuality, but um, it takes heart to lead in today's culture, mm-hmm. right? you got to have courage. Um, how, can, how can you have the courage to fight with a heart of love? Mm-hmm. What has God taught you about that? I want to make that our last piece of the conversation. Yeah. Well, pray for your enemies, and that's uh, that's a big deal. And so, uh, one of the things that kept me, as you know, good, and I, and I can't swear that I was always loving my enemies, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, but, but I, but I think one, he says, you know, pray for your, those who persecute you, and I think have, the discipline of praying for those that were my opponents, uh, it sure helped, you know, in that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, and remember Jesus, remember, you know, remember Paul. You know, they, yeah. It, it I can't say I've got it nailed down. I can't say I did a good job at it. I, but I wanted to. Uh, and here, even as I talk to you now, that's been twenty six. Tw- well, twenty. Well, I, since I met you twenty five years ago, um, I started talking about it. I started getting mad again. <laughs> so, so I don't. I think. Well, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, there is no, there's no doubt that 
you have to, I think you, something you said as you preached in, in my church this morning was we, we can't be surprised that there's a fight yeah. because there is a fight. Yeah. And I think I, for me, that's something that I think every Christian has to understand something that we're not going into neutral territory. Yeah. You faced it. Don't be surprised. Yeah. 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 You know, and if, and if everybody likes you, and Jesus said this, I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing him. If they all like you, they're probably doing something wrong. You know, <laughs> so. That's great. Well, brother, thanks for taking time to sit down and tell the story. It was Uh, fun. I hope it's helpful. Yeah. Love you, man. Love you. What an episode. Uh, What a blessing. I'm so grateful I had the chance to share Ben's voice with you. And I I hope you'll share it with someone else as you go forward. That's it for now. I want to also encourage you, help us get the word out by joining the Organic Outreach Media Squad. All you have to do is send an email to info at organicoutreach.org and let us know that you want to join the team. If you do, we'll send you one of our newly minted Organic Outreach Media Squad mugs. Just imagine how jealous your friends are going to be when they see you sipping your favorite beverage in one of these babies. I think you want to do it. Well, for now, (laughs) this is Adam Barr reminding you, make time to share God's life today.